Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome. This is the Late Breaking Formula One podcast, the first one of 2020. And of course, bringing in the new year with a full house. My name is Ben Hocking. Alongside me, as ever, Harry Eid and Samuel Sage. Guys, I don't want to speak on behalf of all of us, of course, but I have been waiting. It feels like 10 years since the last one. I can't wait. I'm buzzed. I I crawled into a cupboard and I have not emerged from this cupboard until 10 minutes ago when we decided to once again reform and record. Formula yeah. One's coming back, boys. Sounds Christmas dinner through a small gap in the cupboard. In the keyhole. Saw in the new year, a little party popper <laughs> out of the little keyhole. <laughs> As you can um, probably tell, our New Year's resolution is not to get more normal. Um, we're going to be talking today. It's contract week, apparently. Um, of course, we haven't done a video in a while, so we will be looking back at the Leclerc contract uh, that happened just before Christmas um, and the Max Verstappen contract um, that has happened in the last week. So two of the youngest stars in Formula One have been locked up on multi-year deals. We're also going to be looking at Robert Kubica. He has been signed as the um, as the reserve driver for Alpha and also Helmut Marco. He's decided to be Helmut Marco, so of course that deserves a look. Um, but first, Charles Leclerc, an early Christmas present for him. It was announced that he will be at Ferrari until at least the end of 2024. Um, a massive deal. We were tr- we were racking our brains for the last time that someone received such a long-term deal in Formula One. Um, Sam, I want to start with you. Do you think that this was a good move from the team's perspective? Was it a good move by Ferrari? Well, the chocolate eclair isn't melting anytime soon. Let's just say that. Um, honestly, I think this is a much better move for Ferrari than it is for Charles Leclerc himself. Um, this makes total sense from a Ferrari standpoint. They've got stability. They've got a talent they know that is going to continue to grow and be the face of Formula One. He's a major talent now within motorsport. He's living around for a couple of years at that top tier. Um, he's already integrated one into the team. I'm a little nervous for Seb. I don't know if he's going to bounce back now. This has been solidified and set into stone. Um, Charles Leclerc has already gelled so brilliantly with the Tifosi. They love him. He won Monster, of course, which was the first time since Alonso managed to do it. A uh, historic scene. Honestly, I'm more nervous for Leclerc if Ferrari never get off the ground and actually start winning proper races. I saw a stat that Lewis Hamilton has won more races in the last 10 years than Ferrari as a team have won in the last 15 years. So for Leclerc and world champions and world championships coming his way, he's got to hope that the team really turn it around. Otherwise, Ferrari have got themselves a great driver who can pull up that car, but I don't think Leclerc's got a team that can give him championships that I think he really deserves. So, yes, great for Ferrari. I'm uncertain in terms of Leclerc's point of view. Harry, do you think this was a good move to get this locked up? Because, of course, there is the benefits, as Sam has said, but it has got the potential to to ruin the dynamic that he and Vettel have got. Um, I agree with Sam. Well, that's not a great start to my 2020, is it? Agreeing with Sam? Um, I think it's a really that's a solid move for Ferrari because um, him and Leclerc and Verstappen are they're the next two, aren't they? They're, they're the future of F1, um, as we we saw a glimpse of that in 2019. And uh, yeah, they don't want him swallowing up. I don't th- I don't think he would, to be honest. It's surprising though that they managed to lock him in for so long, and maybe that's a bit of naivety on Leclerc's Leclerc's part. But would he necessarily want to risk? 
risk losing that seat at Ferrari. I'm, I'm sure another team would snap him up, but you know, it could could happen. So he's locked in there for a while. Maybe there's a clause in his contract or something that means he can get out of it early if he really has to, because yeah, it could. You know, Ferrari haven't been very successful over the last well 15 years, as Sam pointed out. So it's slightly risky from the club, but it could. It shows he's willing to stay with that team, and it could work out really well. Ferrari can win championships. We know this. They've just not been very good at it lately. But it can happen again. New discovery. Ferrari can win championships. Thank you. Thank you. Educational podcast of the year 2020. Um, Yeah, I I think this was a smart move by Ferrari. I mean, they're sold on Leclerc as their future. So there's no reason not to snap him up for a long-term deal. Just thinking of Ferrari's perspective here. Um, If you look at Ferrari's last four years, sorry, if you look at Leclerc's last four years, he's gone from GP3 champion to F2 champion to a great season at Alfa Romeo to beating a four-time world champion in his first season at Ferrari. His last four years have been stellar. Um, And there's no reason I've seen nothing from Leclerc that doesn't indicate he is going he isn't going to be a world champion. I'm fully convinced that he has got the technique. He has got the tact. He is, he's got everything he requires to be a world champion. And it's up to Ferrari now to put the pieces around him. If he, if they can do that, I think Leclerc's got all the talent in the world to then go and execute and become at least a one-time world champion. I think it will be more than one. Um, so if you have the opportunity to seal him into this deal, which is going to last well into this new era of Formula One, why not go ahead and do it? I mean, flipping the question slightly, of course, we, we all unanimously agree that Ferrari have made a good move here. Um, Sam, do you think this was a smart move by Leclerc? Do you think he should have accepted a few years off of that contract? Well, I think Harry brought up a very valid point. And once again, not a strong start to 2020. I'm agreeing with Harry now, vice versa. Yes. I'm assuming that his agent will have put some form of major clause in there that says... You haven't won X amount of races or you haven't allowed us to deliver X amount of championship potential or you haven't provided a championship winning car by X date. We can walk out of here scot-free without anything to worry about. Um, In terms of Leclerc's potential, this is a huge risk, right? So, yeah, as you said, Stella McCartney, four years uh, for the last... (laughs) 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 And many other Stellas around the world. Uh, this one's for you. Uh, no, the last four years of his career have been sublime, phenomenal. He's done a great job. He is one of the rising stars in the world of motorsport, hands down. We are having a whole new breed of Formula One car coming into play at the end of this current season, which sounds incredible to say that we are now 12 months away from a whole new face of Formula One. But many races yet to come yet. Um, what if it all goes wrong? What if Leclerc can't handle those cars? What if, like for, uh, Vettel... The newer set of cars don't suit him as well. He likes the older, more robust cars. You know, this is a Hamilton-dominated era. It suits his style. What if Leclerc just doesn't fit that type of car and he falls off the pace? And then Ferrari will have to pay out a massive load to get rid of him or they've got a liability. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. But there's major risk on both sides from the driver and from the team. And I'm surprised they've locked it in for so long. A couple of years, 2021, see how it goes. 2022 even, but they've gone even further than that. So this is pretty, pretty crazy, especially for Ferrari. Ferrari, the team that don't take a risk, remember. They haven't signed a driver this young for, what, 50 years? Ben, you'll know the exact number. Um, it's pretty incredible that they've taken a risk this far. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed by both sides for signing on to it. It's huge risk. 
little nervous, but excited to see what happens. Um, Harry, do you concur? I forgot what the original question was now. Sorry. Do you think this was a good move for Leclerc? Should he have perhaps had a, pushed for the contract to have been until maybe 2021 or 2022? Um, I don't know. I've already touched on it. It, it, it could backfire because Ferrari may not, may not deliver a championship winning car over the next four years. Um, but it's got, it's got to be a good move because what realistically, even with the rule changes, Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, uh, they're probably going to be the top of the pile still come 2021. So it's either going to be a Ferrari, a Mercedes or a Red Bull. And he's only done a year in Ferrari. Why, why would he choose to leave? So yeah, in a way, it's a sensible choice, but it, it does come with some risk that it may not go the way he intended it. But as I said earlier, and Sam's agreed, there's got to be some get-out clause in it. Most drivers tend to have that nowadays. Vettel had it when he was at Red Bull. Alonso had it too. So, yeah, it's a risky one, but it's a, it's an intriguing, intriguing move. I didn't see it coming. I tell you what, silly season, it's going to be well dull. I thought it going to be really good this year. Yeah, they've conspired against us in that respect. Um, I think this was a poor move from Charles Leclerc to sign such a long-term deal. I understand the potential benefits of it. Um, essentially, what they have done, they have locked in their future now. Uh, there was probably a dispute up until this point. Is this Leclerc's team? Is this Vettel's team going forward? This contract does one thing, and that it absolutely confirms this is Leclerc's team going forward. And they can start to strategically plan long-term. So there's the benefits of it, but I still think it's a poor move. Charles Leclerc is banking on a team here that um, hasn't won a world championship in 13 years and hasn't won a constructors championship in 12. It's a long, long time. If you think what connects Lewis Hamilton, Kimi Raikkonen and Sebastian Vettel, what connects them is they are the only three drivers that have driven in Formula One when Ferrari have won a championship. It's a long, long time. Most of the grid have not been driving and witnessed a form uh, Ferrari win a championship. So um, who's to say it won't be another five years that they go without a championship? You know, I trust Leclerc and his abilities a lot more than I trust the abilities of Ferrari strategic team. I, I trust them a lot more um, in terms of developing their chassis and being consistent and being able to compete with Mercedes who are relentless in their approach. I've, I haven't seen enough from Ferrari in the last few years to definitely say without a shadow of a doubt they are going to resolve this this year and next year and even the following year i believe charles leclerc should have pushed for a contract until 2022 or the end of 2021 that then gives one year um post the um the cap coming in they can see where ferrari are at at that point um, and he can go from there I understand, obviously, Leclerc, even though it is a quite a long-term deal because he is so young, he will have a lot of years ahead of him even after this long-term deal. But he's still taking away peak years. Um, whereas, and I'm not saying they're not going to be successful. I'm just saying that it's a big risk from from Leclerc's perspective. You can argue it's a big risk from Ferrari's perspective as well. But um, yeah, I, I don't like this. I, I don't like him signing such a long-term deal. I don't think it was a smart business move. Um, and it hasn't been announced yet. It has been rumoured uh, that the contract value is about £7.5 million per year. Um, and if whenever that is announced, if it is that amount, that is a rant incoming because uh, just, just wait, it's brewing. It, it really is brewing. 
if it is that amount. Um, so from one contract to another, Max Verstappen, of course, also announced that he will be at Red Bull long term. Um, he is there until the end of 2023 now. So almost perhaps in, in as a reaction to this Leclerc news, Red Bull, Max Verstappen secure in the future. Um, very similar question. Sam, do you think this was a good move by Red Bull? just going to say that that Charles Leclerc contract is worth less than my EE mobile contract at the moment. I'm paying a fortune on that. They've got themselves a bargain. Um, Max Verstappen, until 2023 again. You having a laugh? Are you having a laugh? Because I don't think they are. No, probably not. They're spending a lot of money. messing about, to be honest with this. No, no they, they, they're quite serious. Not something I do very often, serious. Um, unlike the game, Serious Sam. Don't get us confused. Um, basically... <laughs> Why would you, as a driver, would you commit that long? When you are at the top level, when you are at the Charles peak of your career, when you know that you could command any team you want, probably other than Mercedes due to Hamilton's presence at the moment, and you've gone, yeah, give, give us another four years. When you go into a new era of Formula One, you don't know how good or bad you're going to be. Red Bull was so dominant for that four years, well, not even four years, for two of those four years. And then it all dropped off an absolute cliff. What's going to say the same is going to happen? What's going to say they don't drop behind the likes of a Renault or a McLaren in two years' time? And Verstappen's turned around and done exactly what Leclerc's done and gone, put pen to paper, no change. He's got to have a massive clause to get out of it if it all goes wrong. Yes, it's his team, but I'm nervous for him. I don't know how good an idea this is going to be. Give it to the end of 2021, reassess, re-deliver, go again. I think it's a poor choice again. Again, Red Bull pulled a blinder. Why not? But I think for, for Verstappen... Should have waited. Uh, Harry, do you think this was a good move for both parties? Or perhaps, like Sam, you think that the team got the better end of this deal? Um, it is another long one. It's not quite as long as Leclerc's, is it? Cause, and also, Verstappen was already signed for this year. So it's only three three years, I guess. Um, Sam's right. It could, it could 2021 could bring all sorts of all sorts of challenges. And yeah, they, maybe they will drop back. I don't see that happening, to be honest. But... Um, I think he's been swayed by how well Honda did last year, to be honest. And also, I think they're bankrolling his his paycheck. I read something that it could be he might just creep over the 40 million mark per year. So let's put that one in perspective for Leclerc. Um, but that's obviously Honda. Uh, yeah, it's for Red Bull. They had to do it. They had to nail him in because if there is the risk that Hamilton either maybe retires, maybe goes to Ferrari. I think both are unlikely at this point, but who knows what could happen. Um, they were clearly worried about losing Verstappen to Mercedes because that, I think, would, would have been Mercedes. He would have been their first target, undoubtedly, for that number one seat. So um, from Red Bull's perspective, had to do it. Big signing, another relatively long contract as well. For Verstappen, I don't think it's quite as risky as Leclerc's signing was, but um, it's still it's still risky because it could go wrong. But I I kind of have more faith in Red Bull than I do Ferrari, to be honest. Um, I think they could even be potentially challenging this year, but that's a different podcast altogether. So, yeah, uh, good moves on both sides. Slightly risky for Maxi Verstappen, though. I'm going to just quickly interject. I actually think that Verstappen's is more risky than Leclerc. Remember that Ferrari make their own engine. They have full control over that entire process. What if Honda suddenly fall out with Red Bull and they've got nowhere to go, no development, no understanding, 
And suddenly they've got no decent engine. And Verstappen was stuck there and possibly the fourth best team. At least with Ferrari, they know if they've got an issue, they can fix their issue and they all get along. And they shout at each other with pasta. Well, they're all getting along. With pasta? <laughs> they're, all, they're all getting along at Red Bull and Honda at the moment because it's already better than that McLaren relationship. Yeah, I, I agree. Maybe it could go wrong. But um, I read today that Honda sorted out their engine issues by consulting their jet engine division, yeah. which I think is fantastic. I love that. That's cool. Lads, got an issue. Can you help us? You do jets. That's a great idea. It's the closest thing to Formula One that we do. So F1. Um, I'm I'm actually with, with you, Harry, in that I think it is a bit more risky. Um, just because... Wait, what Red Bull... more risky? Uh, sorry, it, it's less risky um, than Leclerc's contract. Um, just because Red Bull have, will have to cut back a, quite a bit less than Ferrari will in 2021. Um, this cost cap, and it still needs to be determined how effectively it's ruled over, but comparing budgets i think red bulls is about 100 million less than than ferrari so technically you, you'd imagine they will have to scale back a lot less than ferrari will um but once again i do think this is a poor move um and i don't think verstappen should have signed this um contract renegotiation and contract extensions are, are about one thing and it's about leverage um and verstappen had so much leverage that i think he's wasted it, probably the main difference between the leclerc contract and the Verstappen contract is what they have left if they're not there. If you take Leclerc out of Ferrari, you get what Ferrari was in 2017 and 2018. You get a four-time world champion as your lead driver. No real problems. Okay, of course, you'd rather have Leclerc there than no one there, but they would make do. They would still have a quality driver leading the lineup. What do you have at Red Bull if you get rid of Verstappen? You've got nothing. Since Ricardo's gone, are, are you telling me that... Alban and Kvyat or Alban and Gasly are going to lead the senior team. Yes. That would fill absolutely no one with confidence, even you, Sam. No, true. <laughs> um, so I think that Verstappen has almost wasted it away there. Verstappen is much, much, much more important to Red Bull than Red Bull is to Verstappen. I know top seats are limited, but as you say, Harry, I'm sure Verstappen would have been targeted by Mercedes. And this seems like a reaction move to the Ferrari contracts, which, which again, doesn't make a great deal of sense. Verstappen to Ferrari has never been a thing, um, as far as we're aware, at least. Um, but Verstappen to Mercedes has always been rumoured, and they have not they have not done anything yet for their future plans. We don't know if Hamilton is going to go another few years. We don't know if they want to push Bottas as their number one driver. We don't know whether they want to promote George Russell and try to put him in that role as their new up-and-coming youngster. But I feel as if Verstappen, if Hamilton doesn't want to continue, would have been their best option. So why not wait to see how that plays out? Red Bull are not going to get uh, Red Bull are not going to say, OK, if you're not going to commit, we're, we're, we're going to get rid of you. They haven't got anything to replace him with. Ma Max Verstappen has such control over that team. He can wait it out. He's got the power and he's kind of thrown it away with his contract. So even though I do think Red Bull will be competitive going into this kind of new era of F1, um, I feel as if there were more uh, more sensible options for him to take. Again, I would have opted for the same thing of 2022. Um, or the end of 2021 and then reassessing 
let's also not forget that uh, Mercedes have Lando Norris on their books now as well. Another name okay. that they could easily call up. So you're right, entirely right. Verstappen could have got anywhere he wanted and probably been the lead driver after Hamilton retires. Mercedes have a wealth, probably the best choice of drivers. And they could have had Verstappen if they really wanted him to. So you're right. Complete reactionary. Poor move from Max. Great move from Red Bull. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see now how Mercedes react to that. Um, do you think, um, out of interest, Sam, do you think that they will react very quickly to this? Do you think that they will start to put their places, try to push Hamilton to sign a new contract as soon as possible? Or do you think they will just wait this out? I think they'll happily let Hamilton run down to the last day of his contract and have a fair and blunt discussion with Hamilton. Hamilton and Mercedes get along better than I've seen a team and a, and a driver get along for a long time. He will say what he wants and they will respect that. And I think they'll try and convince him to stay any longer. Um, what is going to be interesting, I think, is if Bottas has a poor season this season, if he doesn't turn it up again, Bottas 3.0, then I wouldn't be surprised if we either see... Norris and Russell step up if Hamilton retires, or those two really become the next choice for that second driver. This is Bottas's last year going into the new era of Formula One. Two drive, two drivers, Sam. Who's racing for Mercedes in twenty twenty one? Hamilton and Russell. Same question, Harry. Uh, I think Hamilton will stay and the second driver will be. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with Sam. Actually, I was, gonna say, I was almost going to say Bottas, but I can't guarantee he'll be good enough this year. But all right, we'll go Russell. Fair enough. I think Bottas will be back again. Oh, Beg, stop supporting him. If, I'm not supporting him. I'm just going for what I think is going to happen. If Hamilton did retire slash leave Mercedes, it kind of leaves him in a difficult position now because Leclerc and Verstappen, the two bright young hopefuls they're already snapped up who who would you get in that lead seat for mercedes you get well, a, a russell i'm not saying a russell norris pairing would be would not be good but a still relatively inexperienced pairing nonetheless i think so in that case if hamilton declared retirement before bottas's contract was decided you keep bottas on for steady ground for one more year you bring russell in you give russell a year to develop see how Norris is doing at McLaren, then boot Bottas out, bring Norris in, then have a Russell-Norris partnership after a year. So uh, you're saying that they would probably need an experienced driver for a year or two? I, th- I think so. Vettel? Well, oh, I mean, I would love it. I would love it so much. I don't, know, I don't think it would be ridiculous if that does play out that way. That's yeah, the I title mean... of that video. Said Vettel to Mercedes. <laughs> Clickbait confirmed. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's going to happen, obviously. I, I don't think it will. But I think it would make sense having sort of maybe Vettel and one of Russell and Norris, I think. Um, yeah, I don't think Mercedes would be too interested in completely throwing in two very young drivers. I, I don't think that's quite their organisational style. Um, anyway, we've gone on something of a detour now. Um, Classic. Other news other contract news because we love contracts we are actually changing our name to late contract lc <laughs> it works brilliantly Lab central not Lab central no it's no, no um so robert kubica has been announced as the reserve driver um for alfa romeo um he's brought along his sponsors so a bit of dollar um do you, do you think this was a this was a decent move for Alfa Romeo, considering how Kubica drove in 2020? Of course, if unless anything ridiculous happens, he won't actually be racing for the team. But do you think it was a good move, Sam? 
there's a lot of positives and quite a few negatives also, I believe, in this relationship. Positive, you're right. Pure dollar bills raining down on Alfa Romeo. They're there, like, with all that Polish dollar. I don't know what the currency of Poland is. I'm very sorry, Poland. Ben, what's the currency? Gnocchi. They they just... Gnocchi. They pay with pasta over there. Um... Anyway, I think that is a brilliant development for Alfa Romeo. Secondly, incredibly experienced driver, right? Loads of years in all forms of racing. He's very intelligent. He understands how well cars work. Claire Williams and the Williams team have said how well he's helped over at the Williams garage, which is fantastic. So that makes total sense as a development role. What bothers me is that Kubica is not up to the same level that he once was. I don't think he's got the same interest in Formula 1 now. He's done the season. He's come back. He's done it. I'm also amazed that he didn't go and carry on a career somewhere like DTM, where I think he could be brilliant. I think the cars really suit him. I think he'd be really loved over in the kind of the German motorsport-centric world. And finally, Alpha are such a desirable team. They could have brought any youngster with a wealth of sponsors themselves. Maybe not to the same level of money, but still money behind them. Make Mick Schumacher your reserve driver. Get the press. Get the get all the attention. Get some dollar in there. That's easy. You're going to be the centre of attention for a long time with him there or something along the lines of Mick Schumacher. I, I don't know. I mean, in terms of developing the car, makes total sense. In terms of money and press and growing your team's name, I'm not for it. Um, I would have liked to see Kubica go and race somewhere else and then bring a, a bit of a younger talent in, but I do think it makes sense to bring him in. Harry, your thoughts on the same topic? Yeah, I think it's it's for the experience, isn't it? As Sam as Sam said, he's he's you know maybe not as quick as he used to be, but in terms of setting up a car, I imagine he's still pretty good and knows his way around it. Um, so in that sense, make it's sensible. He's bringing a sponsor with him, which I know Alfa Romeo, that Alfa Romeo are kind of Ferrari backed anyway, but that's still a small team, so any any dollar will help. I'm sure, or Nucky, as we're saying now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I don't think it's a bad move. What What happens to uh, Mr. Erickson? Is that his role gone? Yeah, I, I think that was that was voluntary though. I think um, he spoke yeah. about how he needed to be in Belgium, and it completely uh, wrecked up. Obviously, his in racing Germany. overseas. So I, I think it was just too much for him. Yeah. Anyway, he's off to go win the Indy Championship. Yeah, and for Mick Schumacher, I, I, I agree. That, that's some good press if they had him in there. I'm sure he'll probably do another young driver's test, but I don't know whether he's he's got to focus on doing well in F2 before they sign him as a development driver. So I think a sensible move. Why not? I forgot as well today that Verline is Ferrari's development driver. Crazy. I, that completely slipped my mind. Also, Ch- Jamie Chadwick now fully signed on again as uh, Williams' development driver. Yeah. Very true. And so is Dan Tipson. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. uh, Obviously, Alpha are now getting uh, PK and Orland as a title sponsor. So I am presuming since their name will be featured on the overall team name, it will be um, some dollar that they're bringing along um, or some Noki that apparently is the case. Yeah. yeah, I, I understand from a financial perspective, this is a this is a decent move. Um, he does bring a lot of experience. You could argue that within that team with Kimi Raikkonen there, one of the very few people that's actually older than Robert Kubica in the world, um, <laughs> <laughs> they maybe don't need the experience. You know? I am the other one. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, so again, maybe that experience isn't necessary, but I'm sure he will do a good job um, setting up the car. Um, I would have liked to have seen what he'd been able to do in some other form of motorsport, but uh, he's got years left, so there's still time for him to go elsewhere. Um, on the on the point of Mick Schumacher, would it have been good to see him? He might still end up doing a uh, an FP1 or two. Who knows? Um, it would have been good, especially for press. Um, and Nicholas Latifi did it last year, and he did it quite a few times for Williams. Um, having said that, Nicholas Latifi was in, what, his fourth season of Formula 2 and near the top of the championship. Mick Schumacher has done one season and was about middle of the pack. So it's not no, quite no the same. No about Nicholas <laughs> He's a Formula 1 driver. Statement there from Sam Sage to kick off 2020. No one cares about Nicholas Latifi. Wow. That is that is that is something, um, and also it's not just Mick Schumacher as well. You've got Callum Eilot as well in that um, in that system, and Robert Schwartzman, who is going to be racing in Formula Two as Mick Schumacher's teammate this year, which I'm psyched for. Um, yeah, so I think that just about wraps up Kubica and Alpha. Final point today: um, Helmut Marco, of course, just being Helmut Marco, saying that. Um, just stirring the pot a little bit, saying that Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes are going to be Red Bull's main threat in 2020. Uh, downplaying the chances of Ferrari somewhat. He doesn't believe that the uh, power unit proficiency is going to carry over. He saw that they weren't quite as good at the end of the season compared to just after the summer break. Uh, Sam, do you agree with his comments? Do you think Mercedes and Hamilton will be the biggest threat to Red Bull? How can you discount Mercedes and Hamilton? You you would genuinely be either someone who's never watched Formula One before, and in that case, I fully respect your opinion because you are unaware of the past. Otherwise, you're a moron. You're a fool. Have you seen Mercedes for the last six or so years? They've been pretty damn consistently amazing. Um, yeah, I think realistically, Mercedes are not just the main threat. They are the absolute holders of all power in Formula 1 at the moment. I think Red Bull are the biggest threat to Mercedes. I think we're right. I think Ferrari saw that massive drop-off after around the Singapore Grand Prix uh, last season. Something suddenly changed. Something not illegal. Wink, wink. So, um, yeah, I think Ferrari's lost its edge. I think their chassis is poor in comparison to Red Bull, and I think their engine power is now the same as what Honda is providing because they've got jet engines. So, for me... I actually think that Ferrari could end up being the third best team comfortably at this rate. Hopefully we'll see them turn up in Australia, whether that's the first race or not of the season, another topic to discuss. But um, I'm, I'm a little nervous for them. I don't think they're going to do as well uh, this coming year as they did last year. Um, Harry, do you think that Ferrari are big challengers to Red Bull as big as Mercedes? I mean, we're basing this all on, I know Ferrari haven't been, they haven't won a championship for a while, but they still won races last year, year before 2017. We're basing it all on that and it could all change again over the winter break. It's not, I mean, it would be a shock, but it's not not happened before. So, yeah, this is just Marco stirring the pot, isn't it? He's just just trying to wind up the Italian press, I think. Um yeah, because Ferrari could we come out of winter testing again, as we did last year, but we could come out of winter testing or maybe out of Australia, and Ferrari might have the fastest package. They may have sorted their chassis issues out. The engine might still be mighty. They might be on top. So um, it's just it's just no one's going to talk about over the winter, have they? So 
that's why we're that's why we're talking about Marco making up stuff. Um, yeah, I think it's all. We'll, we'll see after if after Australia, Ferrari are way off the pace and Red Bull are challenging. Then fine, I'll I'll hold my hand up and say helmet, you got it right. Oh, that was hard to say. Yeah, I think Helmut Marco's probably come to the right conclusion, but I don't quite agree with how he's got there. Um, I think Mercedes and Hamilton is the biggest threat in Formula One next year. Um, there's no reason to discount them. Again, they, they've won six drivers' championships out of six in this hybrid era. They've won six constructors' championships out of six in this hybrid era. So there's no reason to believe it won't be seven. Um, the reason he thinks that Ferrari aren't going to be quite there is because of, of their power unit. I don't agree with that. I don't think that will be the reason that Mercedes are the main threat to Red Bull. I, I think the the main threat to Red Bull is Mercedes because of who they are as a team and how consistent they are and how they maximise performance and how they they capitalise on mistakes from other teams. Ferrari are almost the opposite in that respect. Um, yes, their power unit might not have been performing as well as it did just after the summer break compared to the end of the year. Um, but even when they were at the top of their game, the likes of Italy and Belgium, they still only just won those races. It's it's not as if they won a canter in anything, really. Um, so, and yeah, like you say, Harry, it's going to be one of those where we just turn up to Australia um, and we see where things lie. Pre-season testing, we're not going to read into at all because Mercedes will do a Mercedes. Um, but yeah, this is going to be one to find out. I think it will be Mercedes um, who will most likely be the number one threat again. Um Good old, good old helmet. He, he gives us something to talk about over the over the winter break. Thanks, thanks mate. I mean, let's let's not believe that he was being a bit of a mongercock. <laughs> and I'm sure it will be Jacques Villeneuve next week saying something. So we'll get onto that when it happens. It's almost inevitable. Um, I think that's about it for now. Of course, we are now on that run back to the season. We've got teammate wars coming up. We've got <laughs> drivers' predictions, constructors' predictions. We've got anything and everything that pops up in the world of F1 until then. Um, Sam, do you want to get us out of here? Well, first podcast video of 2020. If you are pumped for the F1 season to be coming back onto your screens, then drop a like, hit subscribe. We're going to be here quite literally forever so please get along for the ride it's gonna be a, a long arduous no, i'm joking it's gonna be hilarious good fun please get involved um in the meantime i've been samuel sake i've been ben hocking and i've been harry Eat. and remember keep breaking light